0: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Hey, everybody. We wanted to start things off by sending out our deepest condolences to the family and friends of Matisse Kiv Lennox. The young goaltender passed away this July 4th at age 24 Kiv Lennox was making his way through the ranks of the Blue Jackets minor league system and looked to have a bright future ahead of him. By all accounts, he was always quick to offer a smile or a joke to teammates and will no doubt be terribly missed by his loved ones and the hockey community as a whole. Rest in peace, Matisse. Well, gentlemen, it's been a busy week. Um, let's just go ahead and get right into the pod. Uh, first of all, I want to say you guys did very well filling in for me in, in my in my stead. Um, Mike, you were a fantastic uh, opening line. I actually laughed out loud at what you guys said at the beginning. I forget what it was, but I don't know. It, <laughs> <You> actually, <too. laughs> it actually made me laugh out loud when I was in the car listening to it. So good on you. Um, not a ton of Flyers talk right now. Um, obviously, we're still kind of spinning our wheels waiting for – Chucky two trades to pick up that phone or for, um, Homer to break out of whatever prison they have him in, in the bottom of the Wells Fargo center to get to the phone. Uh, the Stanley cup playoff though, continues to march on. We're in the final now. Um, bolts are just on the the precipice of winning back-to-back cups. They've got Montreal on the ropes here up three to one, uh, big boy, Josh Anderson though, playoff goal, you know, playoff style goal, I should say in game four and overtime to keep the Habs alive. Um, I picked the halves to win the cup. I am going to stick with it. I think they're going to rattle off four in a row and oh beat, Mont- beat, beat, beat the beat reverse Tampa Bay. sweep. I think the
0: best team in modern Ever, NHL history. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah in
2: That's case good. you guys haven't heard either, they actually are $18 million over the cap.
1: So I'm not sure if you guys <laughs> oh, saw that. One? that. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: It's all that being yeah. tossed it's,
0: around. It's but... not
1: that much money.
0: I'm sure we're going to touch on that uh, in a little bit, actually, right, Joe?
1: Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that just because Mike and I were talking just kind of before we got started with the pod because Tampa Bay cannot continue with the cap gymnastics that they did this year. It's just not possible. Who are you going to put on, you know, and I've heard other like, like Elliot Freeman and, and Jeff Merrick joked about like, oh, well, next up, it's going to be like Chernak and, and point that are going to be on mm-hmm. injured reserve next year. And they're just going to re- rotate one year off for each player. And that's how they're going to mm-hmm. do this. But um, they can't do this again. So we're gonna talk a little bit um about if there's a player that Tampa Bay might move that you'd be interested in. We're gonna get into that in a little bit. Um, someone you could see in a Flyers jersey, and there's gonna be one name that obviously is gonna stick out that we've I think we've talked about before. But any thoughts on the um on the kind of series so far? Um, it's been it's been interesting. Tampa Bay is clearly the better team. I mean, oh my god, um, they've been thrashing Montreal, but. What do you guys think?
0: It's one of those matchups where, like, even when Montreal manages to outshoot Tampa in a game, it still never feels like they're in control of the game. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it it really does feel like, at any moment, Tampa can come down and score. I mean, that literally happened in, in what, Game 4? Montreal had, like, a couple shifts of sustained pressure yeah. in Tampa's end, and then Tampa comes down and is in Montreal's zone for, like, three straight shifts. And on the, you know, the next change, they come down and score off the the Pat Maroon uh, goal from uh, Matthew Joseph on the fourth line with, like, what, five minutes left? And there's been multiple times that Tampa's done that where, you know, Montreal will pick up a couple shots here and there and have a shot lead, and then Tampa has... I don't think it was game four. I think it might have been game three. Uh where Tampa had about like if if it honestly felt like 3 minutes of sustained zone pressure like Montreal just couldn't get it out of the zone that Tampa they made three full line changes uh in one, you know, stretch in Montreal zone. Is that zone. good? And, yeah, is that <laughs> good crazy. for all Yeah, for all the eye test and the the analytics people. Is that a good thing? Um but yeah, it's just it's it's wild to watch this Tampa Bay team. We I think we kind of got robbed of them going deep that year that they got swept by the Jackets. I know mm. that, you know, that was that's their fault for getting swept, but I mean that that team was just as good if not better than these last two Tampa teams we've seen. So just in, incredible to watch them play hockey. They they have just the best chemistry I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, their their depth too is insane. Like Yep. When it's funny is like we're still looking for those pieces in our bottom six, and then Alex Kaloran gets hurt, and they can quickly just plop in Matthew Joseph, who I actually like a lot. He's a yeah. very good player, yeah. brings energy, and he's been productive already for them in these last four games. It's like even Colton, right, like mm-hmm. no one knew who who he was going into this season, and here he is as like a he's a responsible physical fourth liner who plays the role well and he has the ability to contribute when needed, and that's like the biggest difference. It's kind of funny because people talk. People talk about Philip know and how good of a defensive player he is, and then other people are talking about how like um, who am I thinking of? Who's their fourth line center on, on uh, Tyler Johnson? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like people say he's obviously overpaid. He's a fourth line center making five million, but he's outproduced on a line with. Patrick Maroon who yeah. I like him as a player a lot and a person but he can barely skate yet yeah, for whatever yeah. reason like he's he's able to do the little things which is so funny because we're not a little I would say we're not a little things type of podcast mm-hmm. but I feel like the extension of that and how it's used all too often isn't used correctly but on yeah. their team the chemistry of where everyone fits into that lineup and how they play like you mentioned the chemistry is just it's on a different level Um, than you see and watching that hockey is just so enjoyable
0: i mean it it, part of it is like like joe mentioned up front the the ability to be or no matt i guess you you brought it up the ability to be like 15 million dollars 18 million dollars over the salary cap at this point like that allows you to play tyler johnson who at this point his career is at worst a third line center if not a low-end second line center um,
1: Are you getting ready yeah, to pitch yeah, yeah. me the trade for Tyler Johnson? Is that what this is? <laughs> mm-hmm. I might. All of a sudden, uh-huh. he went from what Matt had as a fourth-line center to now a sec- well, possible second-line center. He,
0: he's a fourth-line center on, the, on Tampa Bay by, <laughs> by virtue of... It's like you're you're
1: Bay. a New York 6, but you're an Iowa <laughs> 9, basically,
0: Jesus. is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like, Don't
1: come for me, Iowa, please. If we have any fans there, I'm sure you're terrific people. I'll come visit.
0: No, you won't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But <laughs> it's you know it's he's fourth line center by virtue of Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Alex Kalorn, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All these guys being Yanni Gord is now playing center for the Lightning. I think he's like what their second line center, third line center. So
1: well, I saw it, a crazy stat. I think their fourth line has the most time on ice of the entire team. So basically, their like fourth line is their first line. They are out there. The most of any line, which is insane to yeah, think they're about. They're just
0: dominating is, against. Are they going head to head against Montreal's big line because they're pretty much against, doing whatever they want against them? Which is, is, the, is again nuts.
2: You're you're referring to like the Goudreau... um, not Gaudreau, Goodrow line. That line with like yeah, I think, I, think it's that line. I guess they're technically the third line. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's I mean that's just a. It's kind of funny because like everyone talks about the the makeup, like how you make a cup contender yeah. in real time. I think if you were to ask anyone, I mean, Coleman, I can see because of how good of a year he had with the devils prior to that trade, right? You overpay to late first rounder to overpay, to get the guy you want who makes you take that next step. I mean, Goodrow was a fourth liner on the sharks. who really hadn't shown anything yet. I thought that mm-hmm. was a massive overpayment, but obviously over the past two years, they've been extremely clutch for them. They play that like hard physical style. That's relentless. That third line is like unbelievable. I love Yanni Gord. He's probably yeah, one of my favorite yeah. players on that team. Absolutely. That isn't like a, a, the big names, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I do think they are matched up against them. I actually haven't had a chance to watch all too too much between work, studying, and the fact that my roommate is actually protesting the cup. So, nice. So <laughs> it's been tough to get some uh, some TV time.
1: And I'll, I'll say this: just that. To give Montreal some flowers, man. Do I wish we had Shea Weber sometimes? He's he's such a mean physical force. Chris Pronger number one. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pronger one. Yeah, um, I I know. I I really do like that that those defense. I know analytically they're not very good, and even to the eye test sometimes they're not very good. But just having that much firepower back there, that much horsepower, it's it's intriguing, but. I mean, I think it just, they're just too big of a gulf between the, the class and talent of Tampa and, and the grittiness and whatever they've got left in Montreal. Um, so we'll see. I mean, like, uh, I had Montreal to win the cup at the beginning of the year. Mike's like to make fun of me for it, but it's hey, it's
0: one of the boldest predictions. <laughs> I should made. have put some money on it. I really should. You should, should
1: have. have, yeah. Um, hey, they're there three wins away from the Stanley Cup, from winning it. So. <laughs> It's possible. They're just going to have to do three in a row. And, and Carey Price is going to have to be his greatest, I don't Better know. Better than
0: he's been this series, at least. Yeah, he has I been mean, terrific.
1: And I saw, like, a crazy – I think I, I think I was listening to 31 Thoughts. I think they said Price is, like, 0-13 against um, uh, Vasilevsky? Something insane. That might have been well, hyperbolic. But uh, but he got his win, so who knows. But um off the what, We'll see. Anything else on the series before we kind of pivot to who would you want to pick off of Tampa Bay's carcass? Yeah, I
0: mean, do you want to bring up the, what you had told us before we recorded the whole uh, the Charlie O'Connor? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Charlie, comparison? yeah.
1: So I was just in Broad Street Hockey a couple of days back, and Charlie O'Connor brought up how this series reminds him a lot of the 2010 Flyers Chicago series. And there's definitely some similarities in that, you know, Chicago that year was a dominant team um they've been pretty good the year before and and the the year before that they're kind of knocking on the door not the powerhouse that Tampa was but um Chicago would then become the powerhouse that Tampa is basically right after this um you know they were good all year The, the Flyers meanwhile very much like the Canadians were not very good throughout the regular season barely squeaked into the playoffs um you know the Flyers famously the last game of the season against the rangers in a shootout Brian boucher to get to the to even get to the playoffs and then they ended up upsetting a lot of people along the way i mean that jersey series i think it was 5 games it was pretty quick uh, new jersey was really good that year the flyers also made a coaching change midway through the season getting you know lavi in for john stevens no peter yes peter lavi
0: yeah peter lavi letting for john stevens yeah and it was
1: john stevens for hitchcock cuz i keep forgetting yeah um but yeah they bring in Lavi, John Seaman goes out. Same thing. Montreal gets rid of um Claude Julien, brings in um what the hell's the coach's name? It's French. Dominic, Dominic Ducharme. Dominic Ducharme. Yeah. Brings in Dominic Ducharme and Yeah, there's some similarities there. Obviously the biggest difference being uh Michael Leighton and Carey <laughs> Price. Uh it's a little bit of a difference, but um I can see the similarities he was talking about. Um, also just the you know Actually, no. The Flyers did score a ton of goals that year too. They were they were a really good team. They were
0: a team. potent offense, yeah. at least. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I see it there. Um, I just don't. I, I don't know. It, Tampa is. Tampa is a known quantity. Like we know how good Tampa Bay is. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, Joe, though the Blackhawks were just starting to to knock on the door, and like that was finally the year that they broke it down and they like i know that or i remember people still had them falling to like the sharks in the western conference final and they pretty much you know put that team away quickly so i think the fact that tampa is the defending champ um i think that kind of skews things a little bit i mean i I, again charlie is one of the best hockey minds out there at least from a writer standpoint right now so i i definitely get it and certainly in terms of like this is probably the most overmatched Stanley Cup matchup we've ever seen. In I mean, in, in recent history, at the very least, there's. And this is kind of what makes the Stanley Cup playoffs so special is that you probably don't see this type of matchup in any other sport, right? The the it's worst, tough, yeah, the worst playoff team, like in terms of points and record, the worst playoff team going up against all around i mean tampa wasn't the best team in the league this year but they're the defending champs and they've hit another gear. best player back too yeah yeah they've hit another gear in the playoffs whereas like colorado and vegas didn't do that and we saw what happened to them so yeah definitely some interesting some interesting parallels like
1: you were saying and real quick um anything matt you want to say
2: no, I mean, I, I definitely see the parallels, and I think kind of touching on like the over, like, that's why them being overmatched, and that's why it's kind of funny. Like, my roommate is, um, I don't know what the word, protesting, refusing to watch the finals, is because all we really wanted was like either a Colorado or a Vegas versus Tampa, right? Like, whether Montreal fans like to admit it, and there's still obviously the chance they could run it back, very small chance, but. Like, you could just tell from a matchup perspective, them being physical on their top players does not matter. Like, yeah. that does not dissuade them from their style of play. They hit a million posts last game. They could have easily won it in four. Yeah. We, I think, for, the, for hockey's sake, I myself included believe like a Vegas or Avalanche versus Tampa would have been such a fun series to watch. And obviously, Montreal has the right to be there because they've won the games, and that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just obviously, like you said, it's just you can tell that they're on two different like levels, essentially. So,
1: yeah, they're, they're I definitely see the
2: comparison. Though.
1: It would have been nice to have, you know, Colorado or Vegas, you know, high flying teams go at each other, you know, against Tampa. That that would have been cool, but. Hey, man, if Nazem Kadri isn't an idiot and <laughs> if Vegas could find out how to score a goal, they'd be in there. So we'll see. Um, I doubt Montreal can win three in a row, but never say never. So we'll see. Real quick, uh, if the Lightning do win, that means Pat Maroon will have a three-peat for Stanley Cup champions. Because he He'll have
0: more cups than like half the
2: teams in the league, I think. Correct.
1: He'll be because yeah. he won with the Blues, Tampa last year. And possibly Tampa again this year, which is insane to think about. Does he have um, another year in his deal? I think he does, right? I'm not I sure. No, I don't know. Former the flyer, reason, though. Former. Yeah. Flyer, the re- former reason Phantom. I
2: ask. <laughs> former. If I see that brought up one more time, that's always the best. It's like, yeah. What can we let Pat Maroon walk. Flyers like, lose trade
1: again. <laughs> I
2: was like, I, gu- I guarantee no one knew who Pat Maroon was at the time he
1: was traded. So. Well, let, let's get into it though. Let's um let's start picking off who we would want, um from Tampa after this is over. Obviously, I mean, listen, uh, Flyers are going to have to start to make some moves soon. Um, I would anticipate a Seth Jones trade, probably soon if it's going to happen. Right? I mean, you got the expansion draft that's going to accelerate everything. Also, have free agency. Like, you have to know what you're going to spend, what you can't spend. So. Do you I think they we'll do see. it
2: prior? I guess it all depends on if we're including, like, a Phil Myers, right? Like, if we're including yeah. Phil Myers in the deal or Cam York, or whoever's going back the other way, um, if Phil Myers is not included and it's Cam York, I can't imagine it gets done before the expansion draft just because yeah. of spots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I agree. Everything's pointing to as long as you can, they can get him to commit to a contract um, beforehand, I think that's what it's contingent on, really, which obviously makes sense. Um,
1: but so yeah, they, they 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 need to start getting their ducks in a row here. So yeah. let's say let's fast forward. Montreal has won three in a row. Or 4 They've won won four in a row and are Stanley (laughs) Cup champions. He's not
0: backing down from this prediction.
1: Hey, you did not brought you. Yeah, we've laughed at him every
2: step of the way. 100%. Yeah, you
1: did. We we had a lot of laughs at Mark (laughs) Berger. So let's fast forward into the future. Montreal, four in a row. They win the Stanley Cup. Unprecedented comeback. Um, Tampa Bay now has to face the cold light of day. They're not back-to-back champs, and they're going to have to start parting ways with some pieces. Mike, I'm going to go to you first. Give me, give me two players that you would want off of Tampa Bay's roster. You can do realistically, or I would say realistically. because Let's I mean, just do realistically. Yeah, we're, all we're, gonna Kucherov, Kucherov, we're all going to say Kucherov. and headman, yeah, headman, yeah. I mean, Yeah. So um, let's do realistically. You think the Flyers could put together a package with either picks or players to get some of that talent uh, up to uh, South Philadelphia?
0: Yeah. I think that... Man, realistically, I mean, I feel like we're all uh, Joe. I know you're going to say his name. Uh, Alex Calorn is yeah. one guy that I've I've wanted him on the Flyers for years now. At this point, he's just versatile player, big body, can score goals, great net front presence, does whatever he needs to do. If you need him in a shutdown role, he'll play that. If you need him in an offense role, he'll do that too. He's been doing that a lot this playoff. Actually, I think yeah. he's like prior to the injury. I'm pretty sure he was like third on Tampa in goals this playoff, maybe. Um, Pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, Kalorn, Kalorn's an easy choice. He's, he's one of those guys that I feel like he would be loved immediately um, by this fan base, at least in terms of play style. Um, but since you're going to bring up Kalorn too, uh, I, how about, I mean, I, I still love Tyler Johnson. I don't know if I love his yeah. 5.5 million cap hit, but I love, I love it if they take half of it. I would, you know, I would entertain Johnson at two point eight um, for what I think like three more years, um, and then
1: let me yeah, throw in years. one more.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, one of Chernak or uh, Sergachev.
1: Oh, Sergachev. You think Sergachev is is? I, I,
0: yeah, I don't. I don't think it's as unrealistic as you'd think. Um, I think that they're not super happy with his progression over the last couple of years, I think he was like really good for them when he first got there. And then I think it was not this season, but the COVID season, I think the one that was cut short by COVID, I think he only had like one goal through the first 40 games of that season or something. Mm. Um, and now, I mean, is he playing third line mats for them at this point? I'm not sure exactly, but yeah, I think either one of those two defensemen are immediate second pair Defenseman, and I, I think that considering they have Hedman, McDonough, and then you know Sergachev and Chernak, one of those guys is probably gonna have to go uh, yeah. from a from a cap standpoint. Because you you also can't keep getting away with playing like Luke Shen and you know whoever else <laughs> the ghost Jan of Bruda Zach Bogosian. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't keep doing that. So they're probably gonna have to ditch one of those contracts. You would think at least. Also because how are you? <laughs> they have to figure out a way to get. Uh, Nikita Kucherov in the lineup for the regular season next year like, yeah. they got away with it this year because it was a 50 game season 56 game season so I don't think you can be without him for a full 82 games but yeah those are my guys Kalorn, Johnson and and one of those two defensemen
1: okay Maddie, go ahead
2: I would go with Yanni Gord Mm. It's a good pick. Because he's only, he's only, compared to Alex Killorn, he's uh, two years younger. He has two additional years on his contract at 5.166, repeating. So he's only about 600K, or 700K, excuse me, more than um, Killorn. I think he's a little bit more versatile at this point in his career. Um, so I wouldn't mind him or Eric Chernak. Um, Chernak, about a little little... Less than half the price of Mikhail Serkachev, and about the same age, it's a year older. Um, so those are definitely the two guys that stand out to me. I think it's it's hard to say now because we don't know what the status of uh, our boy Kevin Hayes is going to be to start the year. But mm. with Coots, Kevin Hayes, and then um, if you put Yanni Gord at three C, right? Like, yeah. It kind of, as much as we'd like to say, Morgan Frost, Nolan Patrick take that 3C role, like until they blow the doors off and they force their way into that role, then I feel like a Yanni Gord would be a great person in that role. Obviously, it's a little expensive, but with cute still only making four, at least for the next year, I think it makes sense. Um, and he plays all three positions, like we mentioned. So if we need to move him to the wing because a Morgan Frost or a Nolan Patrick actually fills that void, then. He has the versatility there, um, and he has an edge to his game. I think that's something that our team as a whole has lacked the last year or so. Um, even though he's a little smaller player, I mean, he has a lot of. He's a lot to say. He's always in the mix. He's kind of like Konechny. Him and them two together, I think, will be a riot to watch if they are on the same line um, yeah. at any point. And then Chernak, I mean, not that I care as much about the left hand, right hand kind of. Combinations as much as our coaches apparently do. Um, he's a right-hand defenseman. He's 24 years old, making just under three for the next two seasons. Um, he's a big, big boy. He's like what six four. He's physical. Um, joins the rush. He's had some nice goals so far this this postseason, and I think you would round out that top four, especially if we got, let's say, Seth Jones. You run Seth Jones and Chernak and then and Sanheim, and then you have Cam York and anyone except for Robert Hague on that sixth defenseman. Then
0: you have Phil I mean, Myers, I guess.
2: I mean. fill, yeah, depending on who you trade, like if you trade yeah, Phil Myers, yeah. then you fill it in for let's say Justin Braun and Cam York in that third pair, and I think that slots Still everyone in. Yeah, it slots everyone in where they should be, right? And mm-hmm. it adds a little bite to the team, and you're only taking on. I should only. You're only taking on about a little over seven. So if we were to lose a JVR with a cap that we gained post buyouts of Andy McDonald and uh, who was the other guy, Dave Schlemko. Schlemko, yeah. I mean Shlemko. that fits under the cap. So and that's realistic. Now, how do we pull that? I mean, if anything, I don't know. Like, what do what do you think they would want in return? Like a, a first round. I mean, a first round pick. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, like, are they
0: gonna? I don't know. They're not going to be able to take on any assets, like any assets with cap. So you're probably looking at prospects or picks because they're going to have to replenish at some point. Like they're still in win now mode. They can probably run this team without Johnson and someone else next year, and they probably have a fighting chance to win a cup again. Um, But yeah, I mean, they're, they're not really going to be in a position to be too... You know, demanding with their trades, they're going to have to lose guys for less than less than their value. That's just the nature. I mean, remember the Hawks did that right after winning. You know, speaking of that team, twenty ten. Yeah. How many guys left that team dollar. immediately? It was like I mean, they tra- they sent like Bufflin away with like Miami, Andrew Ladd and a bunch of guys in Miami. Yeah.
2: Ladd. I think I think that's a really good comparison, right? Because I think everyone looks at it and like, oh, they're not going to want to trade certain players, but I think the more. That comparison kind of sparked it in my head. Like you think of like Sod after he signed the big deal, mm-hmm. they had to let him go. Same with Shaw, right? Like these players, they had to pay in real time. I mean, to get down to what is it, like 17, 18 million, all it would really take is, let's say they lose Tyler Johnson, team definitely is going to help them out there. Um, whether it's Yanni Gord or Palat or Kaloran, that pretty much gets them to 10 million. And if they mm-hmm. do trade Mikhail Sergachev. For a young defenseman making like 9.25, the same way they did with the Drew in, yeah, Shirkushev, like swap. I mean, that pretty much gets them to 15, 16 million right there, which is very doable. So, yeah, as we know, teams I, love to help other teams out in Cap need.
0: Yeah, yeah I, that's what I'm surprised no one helped them with the Tyler Johnson situation last uh, summer. But I mean, I, I agree. I think th- they're now at a point where they really have no other option. So
1: yeah, can't cook the got, books anymore, baby. This is yeah. it.
0: <laughs> and, and I think I wouldn't be shocked to see a scenario like with Seattle where if they, mm. you know, sort of like what Florida did, but not in the dumbest way possible package, like three guys to send there. And then, you know, they recoup some assets back or something like that. I, I, I mean that, that makes a ton of sense.
1: So yeah, not wrong. I'm going to give my two guys real quick and then we'll, we'll keep it rolling. Um, Kalorn, obviously, you talked about it already, Mike, but he's a guy I've, I've also had my eye on for a long time, just because I think he plays Flyers hockey. Um, very physical. He's a Swiss Army knife. He can do whatever you need him to do. Um, scores timely goals. I think he'd bring some some good voice, some good leadership to the team too. Um, obviously, Stanley Cup champion now, possibly two times Stanley Cup champion when all this is said and done. Um, but I think he could bring a lot to the locker room as well as on the ice. And then two, just for fun, I'll say, give me the big rig, give me, give me Fat Pat. I, want I was going to say that too. I want, I want Pat Maroon. Um, throw him on the fourth line, so be it. You know, I'd rather have, i I'd rather have Pat Maroon than, um, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm forgetting our own players, Kubel. I'd rather have uh, Pat Maroon, really? than Nick, obviously. Yeah, because Pat okay. Maroon, at least he's going to take someone with him to the box. Yeah. Knack just. Trips someone and goes to the box himself, so you know at least you're at least you're evening it up. Um So I would I would trade Pat for or I would trade Pat Maroon and for Nak easy. Um, okay. And then what was I was going to say one more thing. Oh, I think we're forgetting one of Tampa Bay's one of the the easiest kind of lines you can draw. All the way up north to Stevie Y in Detroit, that's the easiest line you can draw, and I would not be shocked. If something happens between Uh. Detroit and Tampa Bay. Because Iserman is still friends with Breezewa and those guys down there. So I would not be shocked if he goes, you know, bargain hunting with his buddies. And, you know, the players all know Stevie Y, They trust him. He built what the Tampa Bay Lightning are. Yeah. Him and John Cooper are the reason this team is so goddamn good. uh, Because he drafted the hell out of that team. And John Cooper is one of the best coaches in the NHL. So... Watch for Detroit. Maybe we can archive this. Detroit will be a very good team and I'd say, probably four years, three or four years. I think they'll be contending back where they used to be. That's quick. That is quick. Stevie Wise is good, man. He's very good.
2: Dare we say they're a couple years away? They're a couple (laughs) years away.
1: Next year's the year. Next year's the year, Matt. Don't worry. Flyers got this. Um, But, yeah, and just real quick. Um, do you guys agree with me? I mean, we kind of touched on it a, a little bit, but if they're going to get a Jones deal done, Chuck's got to get on the phone, right? Or, I mean, maybe he waits. I don't know.
0: It, like Matt said, it depends on a lot of if balls in the air. Phil Myers would potentially be a part of the deal because you're going to have to protect Jones if you trade him before the expand, or if you trade for him before the expansion. So let's do that Jones and
1: Line A, baby. I'm ready for it. <laughs> let's that's full on I, fire fire sale.
0: Is the expansion draft before or after the? the regular draft
1: the expansion draft is yeah. before before
0: before yeah. I I think that the soonest soonest we is that Let's soonest is, when the, is, the word, is the word right 2021 I when is I the expansion draft
1: NHL keep talking I'm looking it up
0: I just think it would happen at the draft would be like the soonest at we'll the regular draft it. yeah at the regular draft the
1: expansion draft is July 21st
2: and I think the that's like a uh, Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. and then it's yeah. like Friday Saturday i think it's a wednesday and then it's yeah actually i know it is because i fly back to philly on the
0: 22nd hey but yeah no i think i think that's when we'd see it maybe you see some shenanigans like the night of the expansion draft the fly like there's a deal announced or something like that and it part of that is like like the flyers send a pick and so-and-so to seattle and then they do a deal with it's columbus or so i but that's I think the, the closest to it would make sense is that is at the draft, the the actual draft.
2: Yeah. Mike and I were talking about Joe, like I don't think it's kinda of weird to think that the Flyers haven't traded they haven't made a big trade probably since the Jeff Carter like deal, right? Like they haven't yeah. made that splash. It's always been like oh, like a role player to kinda of round out like what we already have and like honestly like kinda of, talking about it now like it makes you a little giddy to be excited about seeing Mm -hmm. like like seth jones locked down for eight years like players like that the potential that patrick line obviously it's a it's a far-fetched idea but the idea that that is actually being considered and we're no longer in that like we're just gonna wait and see what the prospects are gonna do like we've waited long enough and it's time to make some deals
1: so i'm excited Time, time to make some deals, and even the trades that have happened that like were bigger in recent memory, like Hartnell for Umberger, horrible trade. Oh, Jesus! Um, you know that was uh, that
2: was the most egregious thing of all time for for Ron Hextall. <laughs> that was Hextall, right? That was yep. Hexy, Yeah, was like one I of his was, first moves. I was it, it so it made it made sense because it. Hartnell was at the point where like he uh, couldn't create for himself anymore because of his yeah. skating but the egregious part in my opinion was the report came out that umberger like hid an injury and and the fact that like i think this is part of the flyers issue is like we're always like oh you know former flyer like good to the organization if we did what was in the best interest of the team he would have voided his contract for like breach of contract if you trade for someone who does not disclose an injury at the time of the trade right like That was four plus million dollars for a man who scored zero goals for an entire season. One of the worst NHL players (laughs) still playing at that time I've ever seen in my entire life. That is eviscerating
1: RJ Umberger right now.
2: He was was so good for us in his first tour of duty, but then coming back, I mean, that was was egregious. I don't know. The fact that we have had to watch. Late stages. RJ Enberger, Andrew McMahon. Matt Reed,
1: broken wrist. Matt Reed, Yuri Laterra, and don't forget, Mannes. there was a time during like, this. We week deserve. We deserve some superstars. We deserve day. a Jones and a line. A. I agree. Yeah. And yeah. I was just thinking about this the other day, and I'm looking at uh, Simone Gagné um, signed autograph photo right now, but um, not a big deal. Do you remember? I just I forgot about this. We brought back Mike Knubel. We brought, brought back, back, back. That, Gagne. that
0: was the most fun part of that. Yeah, it was totally I loved Kanubu it back.
1: this the, the nostalgia was was unbelievable. And then the Flyers jerked the rug out from Gagne again. Um, I remember yeah, they, they were supposed to they were gonna like, oh, yeah, we'll bring you back for another year. And he's like, oh, really, this is terrific. And they didn't do it for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, there was uh, there were some horrible times and there were some fun times. I would have liked them to bring back maybe a Robert Esch. or a...
0: didn't Mike Knubel come out of retirement to
2: play for them that season
1: too? Like I don't, I don't think he know. was playing anymore. He was with, he was with Washington for the longest time after us. Were uh, they like the same Washington teams
2: too? that that yeah. was like Kent Huskins? We rolled in him. basically. Yeah, it was the,
0: I think uh, Kent Huskins, uh, Oliver Lawrence and Fedotenko came back for one more for a year. Fedotenko like came another tour back for duty. Yeah. We
1: had some, and who can forget both of your favorite player, Valteri Philpola Just I'll, never, I'll I'll always remember the goal he scored against the Penguins. He one of those hype goals, force I've of ever. will that puck across the line.
0: Yeah, he like mind controlled it into the net. Basically, he scared <laughs> he also it across played, the like, line.
1: He played like forty minutes that night. <laughs> yeah. just Absolutely
0: outrageous! He, he had an assist on G's opening goal too. I think in that game. All right, we're 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 off the rails now. He's a one line so
1: center. All right, we're gonna wrap it up then. Uh, For Matt, for Mike, for myself, Philadelphia, take it easy. Go Phillies. Um, Sixers are ass. Eagles uh, Eagles are going to win the NFC East. We're going to end it right there. Eagles, NFC East champs.